as we, this is a time that others will pay it. I'm just telling you, right or wrong or in between, however we might feel about it, I'm telling you, people will watch those that say they trust God. They are watching. They will watch. Is it right? I say yes, because the Bible tells me, God tells me, he tells my heart, I'm to be an example. I'm to set an example. I'm to be an example. We spent six weeks in Ephesians talking about this very thing, not even having an idea what was coming ahead. So praise God. So our God moment, you know, we've been every week talking about a God moment, and our God moment today actually is found in this world crisis. Did that go out? Oh, okay. It's found in the world's crisis. And how is that a God moment? Because look to see where God is working. Look to see how people are responding. Look to see what's happening and how you can minister to people around us. Look to see. That's our, our God moment for today. That's what's happening. That's what's going on. So a world in crisis includes us here in the United States. I understand. And you know what? I don't make this, I don't make this fall short either. Even us in this room have mixed feelings, right? I mean, seriously. Is it, is it, is, is it uh, natural to be anxious? Yes. Is it natural to be scared? Yes. I'm serious. It is. It's in our sin nature. It's in our, it's a, in our flesh nature. It's natural for these things. But, but God has a lot to say about these things, being scared and, and, and trusting him and walking in obedience. So God moment today is literally engaging a world, a world that is in crisis through prayer and through our interaction with others. And so I want to look back because it, it really goes right in line with what we've been talking about for weeks. And I'm just going to go back three weeks. Three weeks ago, we talked about walking in love, and it was in Ephesians 5, um, 1 through 7. And the bottom line is, Ephesians tells us to be imitators of God and to let no one deceive us with empty words. All right, so listen up. Listen up, serious. I go on Facebook a little bit, and I'm not picking on Facebook. I, I mean that. But it is one of our main uh, social media outlets. Whether it's Facebook or whatever the case may be, listen up. Let no one deceive us with empty words. You want to find out what's going on in the world? You want to really find out what's going on in the world? You might think this sounds silly. Pray. Ask God for discernment. Because, man, you're not going to get good information almost everywhere you go. It's going to be short. It's going to fall short. It's going to be inaccurate. It's going to blow it out of proportion. I'm going to give you an example currently. It's not, again, not just Facebook. I mean, we're using Facebook, so come on, right? All right. When I went to one of those stores, I'm not even going to say the store, but when I went to one of those stores after bringing Trish home, people frenzy. You know what the store was doing? I, I mean, I'm going to just say this. I, I don't do everything perfect. I'm not perfected. But shame on them. They were playing news feeds over their, their uh, intercon system that was scaring people. That was saying, oh, yeah, this pandemic. And, oh, people are buying out stuff. And they're going to this. And people just, you could just see them. Now, why in the world? I don't know. That's not good. It's just not good. Don't, don't let idle and empty words deceive us. If, you know, find a source that's good, maybe, that you, you trust. Listen to what's going on for 15 minutes. That's enough. Then shut it down. All right? All right, and so then we looked at Ephesians 5, 8, and it's walk in the light. And we're to walk as children of light. 
and, and we're, we're, we're to do what's acceptable to the Lord. And, and we talked about, that was a couple weeks ago, we talked about having no fellowship with unfruitful works. We're actually to expose these things that are not right. Okay, has anyone been doing that a little more these days? Has anyone? I, I hope so. I hope we've been looking into our life and into our life, maybe our, uh, our family, even our extended family, and encouraging our families and our extended families, and even those that will give us an ear to, you know what, we, we don't need this darkness, these things that are not of God in our life. And not only that, we should expose it. All right? And then we talked last, last, not last week, but the week before, about walking circumspectively. And, and very clearly what I want us to make sure and understand this is we're not to walk foolishly. Even in, think about the time now. When the Bible says not to walk, or I mean to walk circumspectively, the Bible's telling us to walk wisely, but the Bible's also telling us that that circumspectively means to look for opportunities. It's not just living life because. It's purposely living our life to be imitators of God. It's purposely living our life to be examples and putting away darkness and things that are not of God and putting on more of things of God, prayer, uh, reading his word, gathering together, ministering, uh, uh, sharing the love of God. And then we come to this being wise and walking certain circumspectively. That word is kind of hard sometimes. I don't know what that is. But we're to look for opportunities. We're in a time to look for opportunities. Don't chew me out this morning. I'm going to say it probably another 30 times. The opportunities for the harvest is here. And you can go back throughout history and you can look at sermons, praise God. You know, and you can look at uh, revivalists and you can look at times. And, you know, uh, the, the opportunity is always here. Right? But it's here more than it has been in a long, long time. The opportunity for the harvest is here. Let us rise up. We've been being equipped. God's been speaking to our hearts. He's been taking the things that we're fearful of, and he's been, he's been telling us, he doesn't give us spirit of fear, and he's been removing them, and he's been saying, watch your eyes and your ears and start to purify yourself. Is this not God's word? If, you, if you're here and you know a little bit about God's word, you know what he says about, about how we're to be and act as a believer. We're to believe and act like Jesus did, like God desires for us to do. And then last week we talked about God's plan, and I had no idea we were going to go into crisis mode as a nation. I'm, I'm going along in Ephesians for weeks, and then the next thing I know, the night before last Sunday, God said, talk about my plan. And I'm just like, I mean, I don't go, well, God, no, no, I'm, I'm in Ephesians right now. You know, I, I don't want to do that. And so, and so I prayed and I'm going, okay, well, there's a lot of people that want to know God's plan. And we've been talking about it as a church for well over a year. And, and so I, I just, okay, I, I, to be faithful, we went into Jeremiah 29 11. And Jeremiah 29 11 says, God says, I know the plan I have for you, says the Lord. Or some translation, the New King James says, for I know the thoughts I have toward you. And God does have a plan for us. And I, I kind of told everyone, though, I kind of, I didn't kind of, I did. In our Bible study and last week, I really expressed that we need to be careful because God does have a plan for everyone. But the bottom line is, if we just go up and we just tell someone that's, that's hurting, even now, we're in crisis, right? And someone's anxious, they're, 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 they're fearful. And, and I'm telling you, if you just go up to them... 
and you just go, well, let me, hey, hey, don't be afraid. God has a plan for you. And go away. You just did, you did nothing. I, I mean that. You, you didn't help them. Get you, you, at, at, at the very least, you gave them a false sense of security. Ooh, Pastor Tony, what are you talking about? I'm telling you. Because that's, that's not what's happening here in Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11 is about a prophet that God sent to God's people. Hello. And he said, repent. You're not following after me. You're not doing what I've asked you to do. You're not obedient to my word. And so Jeremiah goes to the people, God's people, and guess what they said? We don't care. I mean, that's not a, that's not a quote. But I'm serious. They said we don't care. My little member, Gage, four years old. Gage, stop. He's cutting down this tree. Papa's little flower tree. I love this little flower tree. And he's picking the flowers and the branches. A Gage, don't do that. Why, Papa? I said, because you're going to kill it. You're going to kill the plant. You're picking it up. He said, well, I don't care. No, he did. And I said, what do you mean you don't care? He, he said, I don't, I don't care. And I said, well, Papa cares. It's Papa's trees. And he goes, I don't care. He keeps doing it. I go, why? What are you doing? And I'm thinking, okay, now how can I tell this four-year-old or make this four-year-old listen to me, right? And I said, well, I'll tell you what, Papa does care. I said, you know, but let me tell you something. Do little boys that do what they're not supposed to do, do they get spankings? He looks up at me. He goes, uh, uh, I don't care. And he picks a little bit more. And I said, well, I said, I guess what I need to do is go get your mom and we'll tell her that you're, you're being disobedient to your papa and that you're hurting this tree. And he goes, he goes, uh, and he walks away. <laughs> Jeremiah, God's prophet, went to his people, God's people. And he said, God is displeased. You're not honoring him. You're not giving glory to him. You're not living your life according to what he desires. He said, repent and turn or judgment will come. And they said, I don't care. And the next thing you know, this very God that says, I have a plan for you, says the Lord, which he does. And he's telling, this is Jeremiah. The next thing you know, the people, God allows the people to go into exile. They're actually put into exile by the Babylonians. They are taken, taken from their country, most of them, and they're, and they're literally held captive. Held captive. And Jeremiah says, but, I, but God says he has a plan for you. Now see, so far, does it sound encouraging? What do you mean, God, you have a plan for me? I mean, we're, we're being held captive. We're, we're no longer in our, 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 our home country. We're, what's the deal? And, 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 and for the most part, there, there was sadness and there was anxiousness and there was, there was anger and, and there was, what, what's the deal, God? I mean, you know, I, we don't understand. I mean, can't we just say we're sorry and it all go away? I said, no, it's going to be 70 years. But Jeremiah says, listen, there's encouragement coming here. And Jeremiah says, I'm paraphrasing this, but even in the middle of your captivity, you still glorify God. You still live life. Don't pretend God does not exist and don't pretend that God did not place you here. Now, if someone's making a parallel so far with what I'm saying to today's crisis, actually, I'm not even trying to do that. 
I mean that. So if you're making that parallel, I'm saying then that might be between you and God. But I am making this parallel here in principle and by the word of God. When God's people are in captivity, don't act like you're not God's people. That's the parallel. And when things come against us and even tragedy, crisis happens, an entire nation brought into captivity. Jeremiah says, thus says the Lord, glorify God even in the middle of your captivity, even in the middle of your stuff, even in the middle of what's going on. Because thus says the Lord, for I know the plan I have for you, says the Lord. A plan to give you a future and a hope, not of despair. So rise up. And, he, he, and Jeremiah, I'm paraphrasing all this because it's not my text for today. And I just feel like God has me to speak this, so I am. So listen, he says to the people, Jeremiah says, So marry, buy houses, plant food. Continue to live life and know that the same God that allowed you to be in captivity is the same God that will keep you and by his grace and mercy will prosper you and heal you. You hear what's going on? That's a word for us today. So today we're going to go to Philippians. If you open your Bibles to Philippians 4, 6. And we're talking about surrendering to God's plan. We can either be bitter or better because of our circumstances. We can either either say, well, where's God in the middle of this crisis we're in? Or we can say, God is here even in the middle of crisis. And it's going to be how we respond as God's people that it's not going to make or break God, you guys. (laughs) Okay? It's not going to make or break God, but I'll tell you what. Number one, it glorifies God when we respond in a godly way, in a way he desires for us. Let's look at this. Let's dive in in uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And when God says, his word says, be anxious for nothing, he's literally talking about for nothing. That, that anxiousness that tries to come in is, is really uh, first selfish. I know kind of like sometimes this is hard right here. I mean, James says, where do, where do wars and, 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 and bitterness and, and quarrels amongst you come from? Which does it not come from your, the very selfishness that's within you? So, so ultimately, in our sin nature, we become anxious because all of a sudden we become worried and concerned. Well, wait a minute. There's not going to be food. There's not going to be uh, something, something to eat. Uh, I, we need to have hand, hand sanitizer. Now, is all, any of this bad? No. You know, again, don't hear the wrong sermon this morning. But we're not to flip out, and we're not to start. The lady at Walmart, I mean, I, I, I wanted to, I was going to get a little hand sanitizer. I'm not serious. And I was thinking about the church, and I wanted to make sure we had hand sanitizer. We need to have good due, due diligence. But the lady said, I said, where's all the stuff? And she said, this morning, people, there were people coming in, filling their baskets full of hand sanitizer, and then no one else could have it. 
No one else could, ha- then everyone else is without. And, and that's what I'm talking about when I say don't spaz out, don't become anxious, don't become fearful like that. Be wise, but don't be stupid. And now, now because we're, we're getting so anxious and fearful and we're, we're gathering all this stuff up we'll never use, now other people don't have it. And what's the deal with getting bread? Now, if you got bread, I'm not saying, okay, bad on you, but bread only lasts like about four or five days. Come on. Now the bread's gone. I'm going, what are they going to do? Feed the birds? I mean, what is the deal here? Freezer? Well, what if the power goes out? Oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Take back. Uh, we are live. Sorry about that. That's what happens when you go live. Uh, I'm just saying. All right. So, so he says, God says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God. I'm fearful. Listen, I'm fearful. God, I'm anxious. God, I want to not only buy out Walmart, but I want to I want to I want someone to bar the door and let me have just everything I can get so I'll be safe and secure. Go ahead. If that's how we feel, express it to God. He's there, he has an ear, he's listening. And as we express these things to God, this still, small voice comes back and says, Tony, I'm here. Tony, I do have a plan for you. And even in the middle of crisis, take a deep breath, be still, know that I'm God. Be wise. Tony, don't don't take all that. Leave some for other people. Be wise. He continues in that, same verse where he says, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I wanted to really focus in on this, this last part, will guard your hearts and minds. For as we are praying and, inter- and, and, and interceding and we are communicating, we are talking, we are, we are fellowshipping, we are in relationship with our Heavenly Father, His love and His grace starts to make sense of all this stuff. We start putting in the things of God and walking with Him instead of with the world. The one thing I don't do, which I I don't do everything right, but I want to encourage you Listen to me, if there's one thing we leave here this morning, number one, knowing the grace and love of God, that he does have a plan, and we're to be, live like God and be God-like and minister even in the middle of a crisis. But here's the one thing. If you are a Facebooker, if you are a social media person, if you are the person that gets on the radio and you are constantly, hour after hour, time after time, listening to all this stuff the world is saying, I'm telling you, it's going to take you down. And it happens all the time, and it just builds the anxiousness, and it builds, and God's going, no, no, and you just, you just keep entering into it, and entering into it, and responding back to people, and listening to all this stuff, and you get more, and more, and more anxious, and next thing you know, you're so concerned about being sick, you get sick. I mean, this is for real. This isn't 
Just take a deep breath and be anxious for nothing and go to God and let him know how you feel. Someone wants to say, well, you're not supposed to be anxious. You're not supposed to feel that way. No, God's given us emotions. He's given us the, the ability to, to assimilate things and think about things. And, he, he, you know, we, we praise God. There's a, there's a good kind of fear. If I'm in the woods and a bear's chasing me, I'm going to run. I'm not going to go. I'm not, oh, I don't, I'm not afraid. Guys with me? Go ahead. Come on, bear. Come on. What is that? But in our sin nature, God says, no, I have, well, maybe not everyone, but I've come to that place where I have repented of my sin and I have put my trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I was justified the day I made that decision and Christ came into my heart as a way to say it. The very spirit of God dwells within me. But I am being sanctified. I am becoming more like Christ. I am not the same that I was 20-something years ago when I was first saved as I am today. But am I perfected? No. Do I still have fear that tries to creep in? Yes. Do I still have anxiety that tries to come in? Yes. Do I want several bottles of hand sanitizers instead of one? Yes! But take a deep breath and, 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 and just let's put it where it needs to lie and where we need to go and that's our trust in him god wants to guard our heart and our minds let him do so and that's through prayer and walking with him not through not through social media not through other people not through the radio not through the television i mean this i mean this for most of us right here today listening on the web and and live i'm telling you I believe. I'm, I might be wrong, but, but I don't think so. I think the majority of us would have almost a, a peace overnight, even about this crisis, if you would just shut down the, the, the stuff, the media. I, I mean that. I'll move on. Matthew 7, 7 through 12 says, I'm not going to read the scripture again. I, I'm going to paraphrase a lot this morning. Look up the scripture. That's, that's what we're talking about. Engage God. Look up the scripture yourself and dig in. But he's, he, he talks in that scripture in Matthew. He talks about asking, seeking, and knocking. And he says in that scripture, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. And knock and the door will be open. Ask and it will be given. What are you asking? God, give me discernment. God, help me to see in reality how I can serve you, glorify you and serve you during this time. God, I'm asking. And God says when we ask and we're asking in his will, then guess what? We'll find. We'll not only find him, but we'll find the answers. And, and as we, we continue to ask and, we, and we, we seek, we find, and we knock, what does knock mean? It's kind of like going to God. All right, God, I'm praying. I'm knocking. What's up? You, this is what I feel you want me to do. I'm gonna, out of obedience, I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow your lead. I'm going I'm to go into this world, and I'm, I'm going to minister on your behalf. So when does the peace of God come? And it comes when we listen to him and not the world. And I know you hear me say, how many times have I said this? Many. But I, but I feel like I just need to repeat it. Don't listen to the world. Listen to him. That's when peace comes. We're not to be afraid. Listen to 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. A sound mind. He has not given us a spirit of fear. You know what a spirit of fear is? It's when you have fear that's unjust. Again, the bear thing is just. Get out of the woods. Right? 
But a spirit of fear is when you, you start listening to all these things and you can't really assimilate it and you don't really know what truth is and you start to let them affect you to such a place where all of a sudden you, you just become fearful of everything. You start having vain imagination. You, you, what if this? What if that? And, and, and we just need to, again, take that deep breath because God does it. That's not of God. He does not give, a, a, give us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind, a sound mind, one that, that just goes, okay, it, it is what it is, as look is. It is what it is. I'm following God. I'm trusting him. Don't fear. In Job 3.25, we read this. For the thing I greatly feared... Has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, for trouble comes. Those are the words from Job. Job, who found himself in the middle of a crisis that God knew he was in, right? I don't know that everyone knows the story of Job. Again, go there and look. I'm just kind of skipping a stone this morning. I'm just trying to encourage us to put things into proper perspective. Even though the grand perspective for, for most seems so dim. But God does have a plan. And Job, even Job, a righteous man. The Bible clearly says Job was a righteous man and lived for him. Lived for God. And yet Job has these feelings and these thoughts himself. Think about this. And he makes a statement such as this. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. For the thing I've greatly feared. What do we fear this morning? I've got to go here. I mean, is it, is it death? I'm not trying to be nonchalant, and I'm not trying to be silly here. I'm not trying to make a light of anything. I'm really not. Just hear me out. What are we afraid of? Is it death? And I'm not trying to be stupid with this statement. I, I don't fear death. I don't. I know where my faith lies. I know where my trust is. Either I trust Jesus as my Savior or I don't. But I do. I can't even... Ah, now I want to be careful here. It's not in my mind or my, my, my heart to even comprehend there's going to be a day I pass. I see it all the time as a pastor. Maybe most... Or more than most, right? I see people pass. I, I just have recently. And one day I'm going to pass. I don't want it to be today or tomorrow. But if it is, I'm, I, I'm okay. Well, Pastor Tony, you're cursing yourself. No, I'm not. It's where my faith is. It's where my trust lies. And I mean it from, with all of my heart. I'm telling you, I'm okay with it. But maybe there's some that aren't. Maybe even some in this room or online. I, I mean, I get it. Maybe, maybe in your heart you're just, no, I'm not okay with it. I, I, I'm, I'm afraid. And God says, don't be afraid, for I do have a plan. Tell people, you want to know God's plan? John 6.40 says, this is God's word. Look it up, John 6.40. For this is the plan, or this is the will my will for your life. 
Some translations will say, and this is the will of God, that he who looks upon the Son of God and believes in him shall be saved. You want God's will? You want God's plan? It's that you be saved. It's that you engage him, that you, you put your trust in him, that you repent of living life your way, and, and you repent of being anxious and fearful and, 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 and trusting yourself and the world, and you put your trust in the one and only son that he gave that we might have eternal life with him. I'm not afraid of death. What, what else might I be afraid of? Well, what if there's no food? What if there's, I mean, like a hurricane, you know, here in Florida, we run across that all the time. And, and I get that. When a hurricane's coming, do I go get extra food? Yes. Do I fill up my water jugs? Yes. Because if the water goes out, I'd like to drink, thank you very much. And I'd like to have some t- something to eat. We've been without uh, uh, power and, and the access to food a couple of weeks sometimes here in Florida. So again, it's not silly to think in those ways and to prepare yourself for things. God says, do not fear. Don't make a bad situation worse. If you're listening and watching and you find yourself barricading yourself in the house, which, which some are, please take a deep breath. Please, please, at least go for a walk, okay? Don't isolate yourself from the world. Go for a walk and, and, and pray and seek God and let his peace come in. We need to prepare ourselves physically, changing gears a little bit here. We need to, we need to be informed and we need to be able to find uh, halfway decent ways of understanding um, where to get good information. Uh, there's a lot of good information, of course, with the CDC um, there's actually, I sent out an email to the church body, which has links. Most of you should have gotten it. We're still working on some of our emails and things like that, um, but has links to CDC and, and, and ways that they recommend, uh, as far as, uh, you know, keeping things sanitized and, and, and keeping, th- keeping yourself healthy, which by the way, we should be doing anyway. Um, way before, this is not bragging on, on us, but I guess I'm going to brag on us just a little bit, if you will. I don't know how, how you say that. But um, way before now, I'm talking months, I'm talking January, I purchased an ionizer for the church. We've been sanitizing way before now. Way before now. Why? Because, because I want to be wise. And I realize that, that codes can pass along and, 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 and sickness can, can happen, you know, that we can pass along. And, and uh, quite frankly, sometimes spills happen. And next thing you know, you go, what's that smell? Well, this, the ionizer takes, takes it out. It's awesome. Look it up if you don't know what that is. So here we go. Lastly, we need to stand for what is godly. We need to glorify God and don't add to the crisis. Don't add to the crisis. I don't know of many stories, so what I'm fixing to share with you, I, it might, might be you, might not be you, but if it is you, what I'm fixing to say, stop it. We're to glorify God. Here's what I mean. Here we go. Proverbs 26, 20 says this, where there is no wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no tailbearer, strife 
ceases. And we find ourselves sometimes entering in, answering on Facebook, and go, well, what about this theory, and what about this theory? And you know what? You know, the government's really, uh, they set up this whole virus thing so that we, we would have to rely on them. And, and you know, what? Well, Pastor Tony, come on. What do you got? Your head in the hole? You don't know that? You know, I don't know what the government's doing. I don't know what's real, what's not. I, I, I don't know if someone started a virus on purpose. And, you know, I, I don't know any of that stuff. Do you? Well, just stop it. Don't hit, hit someone back on Facebook. Do you really think so? Or you know what I heard? Or this. And I keep picking on Facebook again. It's not just Facebook. Right? Stop it. Man. No one really knows but God. And I, I, if God, if someone's doing something and God really doesn't want it to happen, it don't happen. So pass that along on Facebook. And I know that freaks some people out because then we have a tendency to say, well, but if God is in control, why does he let bad things happen next week? Next week, well, because we're, we're wrapping up. I don't have a clock in the wall. I don't have my phone to tell the time. It's what? 12.03. We're right on time, aren't we? Awesome. Thank you. So listen, Proverbs 26.20 again. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no talebearer, strife ceases. Now listen to Proverbs 26.21.22. It says this. As charcoal is to burning coals and wood is to fire, so is contentious man to kindle strife. I'll tell, I'm going to tell you in a minute what this means. The words of a talebearer are like, are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body. In our sin nature, we all have a tendency to have an ear when you say, well, did you hear or did you know or you know what? This, this, this is, people are, are going to die and this is going to happen. Even if you're not one that wants to believe it or receive it, if you are hearing it, you have a tendency, the word says, to listen. And whether you want to say it affects you or not, doesn't matter because God's created us in such a way that when we receive things, it becomes a part of us, good or bad. And we receive this stuff. And the Bible says in Proverbs, it goes down to the inmost part of our body. And, and, and whether you think, well, that's just a conspiracy theory or this is just that or, or this is what you believe, but you keep listening anyway and then you find yourself repeating it. And the next thing you know, you be, you're anxious and you're fearful. You get, you get it. So the bottom line is, don't you, people of God, don't you who say you trust Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You trust God with the very eternity. Death itself cannot take you out. Don't you dare kindle this fire. Don't, don't you dare interact with things that you have no clue to be true, but because you've allowed things to stir in your heart and become a part of you, you're starting to repeat, even subconsciously. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, 
but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Stop and think before you speak, post, repost, or communicate anything. Is what you're going to say going to bring grace and peace to the hearer? Or is it going to fuel the fire of fear? We, we, I, don't, I have no idea what I look like, what I sound like, but I, we got to get that. We got to know that. I, I, I see people that normally, I, I, I see people, it sounds like I'm being negative. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to state some facts so we know what not to do. But I've, I've been seeing some people that I, but, that I know, that I, I believe are good, God-fearing people. And some of them are starting to take a little advantage of the scenario, trying to sell things that they normally wouldn't sell and trying to, trying to get people to buy because they know they're fearful and there's, there's this time and oh boy, you want to, we need to take advantage of this time. No. So we end like this. This is how we end today. The sermon anyway. Jeremiah the prophet brings the word of God to us and he says, repent. I don't like hearing it. You probably don't like hearing it. Now, why do I not like to hear to repent? Because most of the times I like to think I'm a pretty good person. I'm doing pretty well. I don't have really anything to repent of. When I spend my alone time with God, it doesn't take too long for me to come to the place to understand I got a, I got a lot to repent of. Those are not words of condemnation. Those aren't words of condemnation for you on the web, for you here this morning. It's just saying, God says, thus says the Lord, repent and return to me. Put away the things that are not of me, that distract you, and that, that are making you fearful, and that are, that, that's, that's fuel, fueling this fire. Come to me and repent. Live your life in the middle of this crisis to glorify my name. Live your life in the middle of this crisis, a real crisis, not, not cutting it short, not making it, oh my gosh, you guys, I, hey, God's in control, it'll all just go away. I don't know that. Can things get worse? Of course they can. But in the middle of the crisis, people of God, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Evil will flee You'll get a proper perspective. You'll get discernment. You'll get God's peace. Because he promises. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not God. This is what he promises us. And we go forward out of, this, out of this room today. I pray encouraged. I pray equipped to engage a world and our families that are in crisis to the glory of God. And what do we get in return? We get God's peace we have opportunity to serve others, to minister to others like never before. Today is the day of salvation. Today, the harvest is plentiful. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Remember about eight weeks ago, what that prayer, who that prayer is for? It's to the Lord of the harvest that dwells in you. It's, it's the Lord of the harvest that dwells in you, the believer, the ambassador of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of the harvest. 
It's just not a, a, a silly prayer, and I, I don't mean that uh, lightly, but it's, this is not something you say, oh yeah, we're supposed to pray to the Lord of the harvest, then maybe someone else will go serve and, and minister and glorify God, and you know me, I'm good. No! <laughs> the Lord of the harvest dwells in us, it dwells in me. The opportunities that it will come are grand to the glory of God. Amen? Okay. John 14, 6 6 says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Who knows what Romans 3.23 says. Everyone in this room has heard it at least 52 times or more because I say it every single Sunday. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone in this room is a sinner that falls short of God's glory. Everyone that can see me live, everyone that can hear me on the web, everyone that knows and hears the word of God knows this one truth at least. If this is the only verse you ever heard in your life, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And then Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. And Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. John six forty. For this is the will of God, that he who looks upon the Son of God and believes in him shall be saved. Today is the day of salvation. If you're a believer in this room, we, I, I know in our hearts, right? I know we're praising God. I know we're thankful. I know we're doing exactly what he says. We're thankful and we praise him. And if you're in this room or you're on the web or you're, you're wherever you are, and in your heart of hearts, you know this to be true because God's revealing to you, you are a sinner separated from him. And you just, you always thought maybe like one day I'll put my trust in him or one day that might come or I just don't understand it. But it's only by the word of God and the spirit of God that can even give us the revelation of God to understand that we're sinners separated from God. It's by his grace and him. I can't. There's no one in this room that can, but God himself. So if you want to know if God is speaking to you about your own salvation, then listen up. If you're wondering that, and, you, and what you hear in his word is true, I mean, you say, you know what, I, I don't really understand it at all, but it, it's true. I believe it to be true. Then that's God speaking to you. He says to repent. Repent means to stop living life your way, in putting your trust in Jesus and living your life for God. Receive the very salvation that comes through his son, Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 